Hey guys, once again, it's such an honor to bring you the word of the Lord on Voice of the Nations broadcast with Vaughn Radio. This is Kerry B. I'm your host. For the last couple of segments, we have been speaking about the prophet Jonah. And we left off with uh, Jonah, the third chapter. But I want to go back because I want to speak about there's a reason for obedience. Now, Jonah was a very, very strange prophet. And this story, uh, it is an incredible story of God's mercy and his grace that he had uh, set towards a pagan nation that were enemies of his people, Israel. And there's a scripture that I think is very profound in this hour. And it comes from 2 Peter, the third chapter. The ninth verse, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not willing for any person to perish without his salvation. We all make our own choices, our decisions that will either affect the day or affect the rest of our lives. And when it comes to salvation, when it comes to realizing that you need a God on your side, and you ask the question, what must I do to be saved? God comes in, he saves your life. But for those of those that will never answer that call, there is an eternal damnation for them. A place that has been paired, been prepared for the devil and his angels. And it was never the intent of God to send any man to hell. And when we think about it, it's not actually God doing the sending. It's we disobey and a lack of repentance. It gives God no choice but to take us to a place or send us to a place that we will be forever separated from him. But it's not his intent because the Bible says that it's not his desire that any person should perish. And you make him think about the most cruel person that has ever lived, whoever that person is in your mind. It was never the desire for that person not to be saved by the hand of God. But I think God is able, and I know he is, he's able to look down the years of our life, even before we are ever born. And he can see the decisions that we will make. And those decisions that we will make will leave him no choice but to make the decisions that he has to make. So uh, the call of the Lord in this hour is repentance. He wants all to come to repentance. Repentance means that you're realizing that you have sinned. You're going the wrong direction and you stop what you're doing and you turn around and you return back to God. You don't keep on doing the same things that got you in the situation that you were in in the first place, but you make a change. You make a determination that I cannot do this any longer because I'm going to repent. And so there's always a reason for your obedience. And as I said before, Jonah is a strange brother. I mean, God had spoken to him in the first chapter. 
he had said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, the Assyrian people. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach the word, the word of repentance, because all of their sins I see and they're troubling me. Jonah didn't want to do it because they didn't like him. And there's, there's, there's a lot of requirements that God places on a life of his ministers. He was a minister. He was a prophet. And that, that is, you have to walk close with the Lord. But above all things, you have to be obedient. There's a purpose for your obedience because your obedience releases whatever plan has for someone or nation. Your obedience will open up the door for God to do what he wants to do in that nation or in that person's life. Obedience is a key that brings you into great blessings and great opportunities. Jonah did not want to see them saved. And when Jonah was in the belly of that fish, something happened to him for a moment. It was a fleeting moment, but it happened to him. He realized his uh, mistakes and his faults and his sins because he had uh, gotten thrown overboard of the ship. And he ended up in the belly of a fish and he stayed there for three days and three nights. And while he was in the belly of hell, he repented. I imagine he thought about everything that he did wrong and everything that he did to displease the Lord. I'm sure he thought about the other issues that God had brought before him and told him to do and he did not do. I don't think this was the first time of his disobedience. I think he had gotten into a mode of disobeying the Lord. I do, I really believe that. And sometimes if we don't obey the least things, uh, we're not gonna obey the greater things. And I think this is where Jonah had become. But when he was in the belly of that fish in that darkness, in that stitch, and and being afraid there, didn't know if he was gonna get out or die. Jonah at that time did not know if he was gonna ever get out the belly of that fish. And he started praying. And sometimes God will send us into places where we have to pray because the call of the Lord is so great on our lives that he will not allow us not to do what he has instructed us to do. So he was there and he was praying and he was uh, repenting and he was um, confessing and testifying about the goodness of the Lord. And on the third day, After three days, three nights, um, God had commanded the fish to spit him out. So this fish vomited him out on the land. And he went in the power of his experience in the belly of that fish, the pain, the misery, the fear. When he came out, he came out temporarily as a new man. And he went and preached to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh uh, was a city that was filled with sin. Uh, the people were evil. They had evil ways. And their ways came up before a merciful God. And the Syrians had a myriad of gods that they served. And Jehovah was not one of them. But when this prophet of Jehovah came and stood on foreign soil, and he said, in 40 days, 
Nineveh is going to be destroyed. I think it was 40 days. Nineveh is going to be destroyed. Whatever he had on that message, it caught the attention of the multitude. Now you had 120,000 so people in this city, three days journey to travel all around it. It was a large city. And these people, they recognized that this is not one of our guys. They recognized the way he was dressed, the way he smelled. He smelled bad. He looked bad. Um, his speech was different than theirs. And when they heard him speak, they knew it was something important. And it was so important that it caught the attention of the king. And they all proclaimed a fast among the people from the least to the greatest, the animals and all. They went on a fast, uh, they went in prayer, and they cried out to the God of Jonah. Just think if Jonah had not obeyed this, what would have happened to the people of Nineveh? And I'm speaking about this a reason for your obedience. Let me give you a few scriptures to kind of back this up. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, the first verse says, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in a land that you will possess. The Bible says be obedient in everything that the Lord tells you to do. God, God mocks your obedience. He he. He marks it, M-A-R-K-S, marks it. He, he writes it down, your obedience. Because if you are obedient over little things, then he will make you ruler over many. Have you ever seen a person going on a job and they do whatever they're instructed to do? The supervisor, the owner, the manager, says do this do that they don't have a problem they do it all and then they rise up through the ranks because they have been found faithful you ask this one to do it that has been there for a while i'm not doing that because obedience causes you to be elevated the lord said be obedient in all things so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess Oh, that is so powerful. I want you to also look and look at uh, Deuteronomy. The fifth chapter, the 33rd verse. It says, do not merely listen to the word. So and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Don't just listen to the word. Whatever the word is asking you to do, just do it. Because if you're just listening to the word and you're not obeying the word, you're deceiving yourself. Do what it says. Go back and do the last thing that God instructed you to do a month ago. Because in the eyesight of the Lord, that is still on the table and it's not negotiable. Sometimes we try to negotiate with God and maybe we are able to do certain things. Then the other things that God said, this is non-negotiable. You need to do this. What was the last thing he told you to do? 
There are many looking for a prophetic word. Give me a word from the Lord. What is, what is God saying? He's saying, do what he told you before. Because your elevation does not come with disobedience. Whatever he said to do the last season, go and do it. And then you can have a word for this season. Praise God. Deuteronomy 28 and 1, it says, Um, I think I've already read that one. I have uh, Deuteronomy 5 and 33. I've read that one. Let's take a look at James, the first chapter, the 22nd verse. It says, and we're speaking about the compassion and, the, and, and obeying. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. When Jonah went to Nineveh and he preached the word, the people feared God. They feared him to the point that all of them, they went on a fast. This was a nationwide fast. I said it the other day on another broadcast. Wouldn't it be awesome if every nation with the problems that they are facing, if there's a call that comes from the king or the president or the prime minister just calling for fast that everyone would obey and come up under that order, under that decree. God would have mercy on that land. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their lands. And uh, when we can do that, we can expect the land to be healed because of our obedience. God had compassion on Nineveh because a prophet went and preached the word the people listened to the word and uh, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But Jonah was hoping that they did not change, which was wicked in itself. Psalms 103 and 13 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Be kind and compassionate. He did not want to be comp uh, uh, compassionate and kind to his, his enemies. Compassion is like a type of feeling of sorrow for them. It's like having mercy on them. God is saying be kind and compassionate to one another. Your enemies as well as your friends. Loving and forgiving them. Because Christ had compassion on you and I. Matthew 5, 43 to 47, because I'm speaking about the reason for your obedience. When Jonah the second time heard the word of the Lord and he went to preach to Nineveh, to these people, what he did because of his obedience is something that has been talked about for thousands of years. God had complete mercy because of the message of one obedient prophet. Just think of how much more that nation that we despise, that we don't want to see saved, we want their people destroyed. That's exactly what Jonah wanted. He wanted 
Nineveh and all of his people to be destroyed. He did not want God to have compassion. He did not want to speak this message. He did not want to prophesy what thus said the Lord. He wanted them to die. He wanted them to die and to go to hell. He did not have compassion. He did not have mercy on them. He did not want to walk in that. He was angry when he was proclaiming this word in Nineveh. His heart was not right towards them. That's why he wanted to go to Tarshish in the first place, because he knew the mercy of the Lord. He knew if he preached this message, that these people were gonna listen and turn from their wicked ways. Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 43rd through the 47th verse, it says, you have heard, now this is Jesus speaking, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now listen to what the master said. But I say unto you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How can you love someone that does not love you? It only, it only comes by the mercy and the grace of God that he gives you to be able to do that. Because when someone is persecuting you, you want to persecute them back. But the Lord is saying that's not the way. He said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, pray for those that are plotting against you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you only just loving those who are loving you and praying for those who are praying for you and doing good to those who are doing good to you, Jesus is saying, what good is that? What kind of reward will you win? What kind of change will you effect in the earth? Because a believer, what we call a Christian, and I really don't even like um, to call myself a Christian. And the reason why, because the term has been so diluted with a Christian, a person say I'm a Christian, but yet they still shack up. I'm a Christian, they still drink, they use drugs. Um, they gangbang, they do all of this in the name of Christianity, and it's become so watered down. There are a lot of different religions. I'm a believer. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a believer. I'm a son of God. I'm not saying I don't, I don't ever call myself a Christian. I just, I just kind of, kind of try to stay away from calling myself a Christian. I try my best to be Christ-like because it's so watered down. People say a Christian. Oh man, who is that? I just saw half of your church at the club the other night. That's all I'm saying. But the word of the Lord is saying this. Jesus said even tax collectors, they do that kind of stuff. He said, if you are only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you ought to be, you ought to be mature or perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect, be mature. Now, this type of perfection is not saying you're not going to make mistakes because you will. You're speaking about being mature. And so there's a reason for our obedience. There's a reason obeying saints. Just whatever God is doing, just do whatever he says. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a blessing for you 
and a blessing for every person that comes in contact with you. Sometimes the Lord will lead you to your enemy and say, man, I was just thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Is there anything that I can do for you? That's hard to do, but I'm telling you that just heaps coals on your enemies. Amen. This is Voice Over Nations, Kerry B. Vine Radio. I hope you enjoyed this segment of the broadcast. Talk to you real soon. Be blessed. Hey guys, welcome to the Voice Silver Nations broadcast and the Von Radio family. Many blessings to all of our presenters that are bringing forth powerful, life-changing content that is changing lives forever. I'm Carrie B. I'm your host. We have been speaking about Jonah, Jonah the prophet. Hey guys, I want us to take a look at the third chapter once again because we're about to come to the conclusion of this story the third chapter of the book of Jonah and let's take a look at the fifth verse because I want to entitle this lesson pray for Jonah pray for Jonah have mercy the people of Nineveh believed God's message and from the greatest to the least they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow Jonah had come from out of the belly of that fish he hit dry ground and he went preaching the word of the Lord throughout the whole city. And it had got the attention of the king. Everybody was fasting and praying. And uh, they were not allowed to drink or uh, eat water. And they were praying that God, the God of Jonah, would relent uh, from the harm that he had purposed to bring against him. Sixth verse of the third chapter of Jonah. And when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robe. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. And then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. He's calling for a serious fast because Jonah said that in 40 days, this city is going to be destroyed. And the people and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. And they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Now, this king is saying that not only are we are supposed to be praying to our God, but we have to turn from our evil ways. Turning is repentance. And as I said before, it would be so awesome that if every governmental leader of every nation would call for repentance, and fasting and prayer and turning from our sins in this hour. I'm telling you, God would change his mind about so much and he would stay the hand of the enemy. And in the ninth verse, he says, who can tell perhaps even your God, even yet, I'm sorry, God would change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. He knew that they were about to be destroyed. And he said, who knows, perhaps even this God of Jonah would change his mind and won't destroy us. And the 10th verse says, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, they repented and they changed. He changed his mind when they changed their mind. <laughs> he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. See, when God saw them changing their ways and putting aside their sins, God changed his mind. If you want to change the mind of God, 
all you have to do is repent and ask the Lord to have mercy and compassion on you, and he will. Now, let's take a look at the last chapter, because this is one of the strangest chapters um, I think I've ever read in my life. And I'm sure those of you that have read it before, you will say the same thing. Jonah, the fourth chapter. Let's take a look at the first uh, few verses. Now, when Jonah saw what God was doing, when Jonah saw and heard that God had relented of the harm that he chose to do against these people. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Can we have just a moment of prayer for Jonah? Father, in Jesus' name, would you help Jonah the prophet out? <sighs> Jonah is angry because God is saving these people that he doesn't feel like should be saved. He's mad. He is jet mad at God because he's relenting of the harm that he has set out to do against these people. He gets mad. He's a prophet that does not have compassion. How many ministers you know pastors and any of those in the fivefold just don't have a compassion they don't have a, a, a lack of compassion they, they don't show any compassion for anyone other than themselves and their little crew no compassion you can tell it in their voice you can tell it in their action no compassion it's a lot of people like that in ministry they're just full of anger they're full of just God get them don't don't show no mercy on them get them send them to hell I ain't praying that God save them I'm, I'm praying that God just send them to hell that's 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 not the way of the Lord that's not the voice and that's the heart not the heart of God in the second verse so Jonah complained to the Lord about it and listen to what Jonah is saying to God because Jonah is seeing that the people are changing their ways. He's upset. They're not cussing anymore. They're not drinking. The prostitutes are not on the streets. There's nobody robbing or stealing or killing. The law enforcement doesn't have anything to do because the whole town has gotten their act together. Everyone is loving everyone and Jonah can't stand it. How can you be a minister of the Lord and God gives you a message to minister to someone and you get mad because it changed because of your message. <laughs> he said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I didn't want to come to Nineveh. That's why I wanted to go to Tarshish. I don't even know why you called me in the first place. I didn't want to come to this place. I wanted to be at the bottom of the ship. I didn't want to come up. I didn't want to go here. But you made me. I don't even know why you call me a prophet in the first place. Because every time you give me a word and I speak the word to the people, they change their ways and then you save them. Why you keep on saving all of these people? Jonah has some serious problems. Almost like psychiatric problems. This, this brother is... Whoo, boy. He said, that's why I didn't want to leave from home because I knew you would do this. 
That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I was trying to make it, but you stopped me. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn people back from destroying. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. You don't want to destroy them. I want you to destroy them. Has anyone ever made you so mad that you and God get them? And you hear some bad news about him. Like, yeah, I told you it was going to happen. I knew it. Messing around with me. They shouldn't have did what they did to me. <laughs> I knew God was going to get him. He got him for me. That's how Jonah was. Jonah said, man, I knew you was going to have compassion on these bunch of evil, <sighs> evil, hateful people, murderers. I know you slow to get angry and feel with love, unfailing love. You always want to turn people's hearts back to you. Now listen to the third verse. Jonah, what's wrong with you, man? That's why, that's why I'm entitling this message, Pray for Jonah. Because Jonah's dead and gone, I know that. But there are some prophets that are just like Jonah. There are some prophetess that are just like Jonah. There are some pastors, some evangelists, some teachers, and some apostles just like Jonah. They have the same mentality of Jonah. God, get them. Anytime we are speaking a word, and even if the word is bringing correction, there should always be hope at the end of the spectrum. God said he's going to do this, but you can avert this if you only do this. He said in the third verse of the fourth chapter of Jonah, because he's angry, because God changed his mind about killing these people, Listen to what he said. He said, just kill me now. Lord, I'd rather be dead than alive. If what I predicted will not happen, I just, just kill me now. Just going to kill me. I, I just rather, I'd rather die. Because I went through the city and I said in 40 days, God is going to destroy all of y'all. And I was hoping it didn't happen. And because your unfailing love touched their hearts, and they change you. Now you're not going to destroy them. Just kill me. If you don't want to kill them, just kill me. Just kill me. I might as well die. Because I ain't even doing what I want to do in the first place. He said, just kill me now. God, kill me. Kill me. Take me out. I should have died in the belly of the fish. I should have died in the water. Kill me. Because I'm mad. I'm mad because you love people. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not come to pass. And the Lord replied in the fourth verse, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? Jonah, bruh, bruh, cuz, dog, why are you mad about this? Why are you mad about the salvation of people? Well, I don't want that, the Jews to be saved. I don't want the Arabs to be saved. I don't want this one to be saved. I don't want that one to be saved. What's wrong with you? It was by his loving grace and mercy that God has saved us. And this man did not want these people to be saved. He wanted the hammer to come down on him. The Lord said, is it right for you to be angry about this, Jonah? 
Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city. He mad at God. He mad at the people. I'm sure it probably was some on his way out of the city saying, Jonah, you know what? I thank you for that. Get your hand off me. They're like, what is wrong with him? He mad. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I'm mad. <laughs> this is the strangest story. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So he went out. He went out of the city. He made a little shelter. He's sitting down. He's watching, waiting to see if his prophetic word over the city of destruction was going to come to pass. He's waiting to see. He's waiting to see what's going to happen. The sixth verse. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. And this eased Jonah's discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Now, Jonah's going out of the city. It's hot out there, extremely hot. God, in his grace and his loving mercy, he causes this plant to rise up. It grows and it gives Jonah shade with his big, broad leaves. It's hiding him from the hot sun. Jonah's discomfort is ease and he was grateful for the plant and what the plant did but God also arranged for a worm the next morning at dawn the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away now Jonah is happy for the plant and what the plan is doing for his life, giving him shade and comfort as he's sitting down, waiting for God to destroy the city that God wanted to save. But God provided, or he brought forth a worm to eat the stem of the plant. Now listen, and as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. And the sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. And Jonah said, death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Um, he's now mad again. Because the shade that was covering his head has now been destroyed and eaten away by the worm. He's angry. One of the most dangerous people that you can encounter on your spiritual walk with God is a person that has a word from the Lord, but is angry. I can't take angry people that spread their anger through their word. Not just a word that there are times when God will give us a word and it's got fire on it. It brings conviction. I'm talking about the angry, just angry period. Some of them are just angry because of their calling. They know that God is calling them to minister and they're mad about it. They'd rather be doing something else. And uh, they get convicted every time they try to stop and they're just angry. And a lot of people just are not people, 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 persons. 
Some people are not personable. They don't know how to minister to people. I've seen some very, very angry, nasty people. I never will forget, I, uh, we had gone to this big, uh, uh, let me say, it was just a big gathering of believers. And it was in this very large city. And there was a certain prophetess that was ministering on the platform. And it was thousands and thousands of people at this event. And her armor bearer had come up to the podium to place her Bible and uh, her other material that she was going to need for her segment. This prophetess in front of all of these thousands of people, she embarrassed this woman like you would never believe. Don't you ever come up in my space. Don't you ever do it. I mean, just disrespected and dishonored this uh, woman and just made her feel so bad. It was so bad. You could feel it in the atmosphere. The atmosphere changed because what she did was not right. While I'm ministering the word, don't you ever walk in my space. That's not the Holy Spirit, y'all. That's pride. Because there are some that are ministering with the wrong spirit. And some of them are not even saved. Just because a person gives themselves a title, you better test the spirits to see if they're of God. Now, the Bible didn't say try the spirit by the spirit. The Bible says test the spirits, test the spirits in this hour to see if they are of God. Because every spirit that is going out is not from the Lord. There are people right now going to witch doctors to get powers from darkness, from familiar spirits to be able to prophesy. And you think that they are man of God, a woman of God. You're thinking that they're walking under the unction of the Holy Spirit and they're operating by the unction of witchcraft. Be careful. Jonah was an angry man, angry without cause. The sun is beating down in his head. He grew faint. He wanted to die. He said, death is certainly better than life. I may as well die. I'm out here in this hot sun. Why, why don't you just get up, Jonah, and just go on back to Joppa, on back home? You're sitting outside the city waiting for the people to die, waiting on God to bring down fire from heaven. And God never did it. Listen to the night verse. And then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Now, he's angry because the plant died. He's mad. The plant that brought the shade over his head because of the big leaves. He's mad because the plant died. He's mad because the sun beat down on his head. He's, he's furious. I'd rather die. It, 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 death is better than life because this plant died. He's mad because the plant died. And God said, man, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And then Jonah said, yes. Even angry enough to die. God said, is it right for you to be mad because the plant? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's right. I'm so mad I want to die because this plant died. Whew. This boy needs a prayer bad, bad, bad. And then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant. Though you did nothing to put it there, 
it came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? You're feeling sorry for a plant that you didn't put there. You didn't cause to grow. You know nothing about it. Shaded you. It died. And you crying and saying you wish you died because the plant died. But you have no sorrow or empathy or sympathy or compassion or mercy on 120,000 people that I've said that I was going to destroy in 40 days. You have no compassion on them. But you are mad because the plant died. Y'all pray for Jonah. Pray for every prophet and prophetess that's just like Jonah. Pray for every pastor and co-pastor that's just like Jonah. And they don't even know it. I hope this was a blessing. Keep the brother in your prayers, God. Guys, <laughs> keep him in your prayers because he need it. <laughs> this is Voice Over Nation, Vine Radio, Carrie B. Talk to you soon. Be blessed.